Namaste. Thank you for that beautiful answer. To focus a little bit more also on karma, what are some of the things that people can do to rapidly resolve their karma? Because one thing I do, Shunamurti, is I try to find people who I wasn't mean to, I was mean to, even when I was a little kid, I'll try to reach out to them. I'll try to make peace. I'll, I'll try to find all these little areas. Not to say that I'm, I'm going to make peace with everyone, but I'll try my best. And I'm looking at that. But I'm sure there's more to it. I'm sure there are other actions. I'm sure there are other thoughts that have uh, created negative karma. So what are some of the ways that a person can accelerate them bringing peace to their karma so that they, they don't have to experience a negative implication for an action that they've done, if they are truly and sincerely sorry for that. This is a very important question that you ask. You. I agree with you about uh, making amends uh, to, to those who uh, you have harmed, who you c can actually do that with, as 12-step programs recommend and, and other uh, therapeutic uh, approaches. Uh, but there are situations in which you can't do that. The person may have died or it may not even be that the person knows how you betrayed them or, or did something uh, to, to take advantage and manipulate or whatever. It may be that, that there is no way to communicate or your communication wouldn't be accepted and you, you wouldn't receive forgiveness, but in fact, you might, could create a worse situation uh, of uh, antagonism. So it becomes very subtle and very difficult uh, to uh, deal with this on the external plane. The, the way to deal with it most is to release yourself from the ego. The sacrifice of the ego is the payment for the ego's sins in the past. And the willingness to go through that sacrifice, which all of religion is about, and in fact our next retreat is all about sacrifice, and why the whole world must now be sacrificed to pay for those collective sins. But that sacrifice is also a gift of God that brings us back into wholeness and holiness and into the power to create a new world. And in the transmission of that divine frequency, every soul on the planet is uplifted. So whoever you may have harmed, whether in this life or past lives, they will receive the blessing of the grace uh, of your own unconditional love for all. And uh, it, it gets transmitted remotely. You don't have to uh, knock on everyone's door and ask their forgiveness. But the, the energy of divine love that will pour through you will resolve all karma. That's awesome. Shunamarte. My old teacher, Stuart Wilde, has ever crossed paths. He, he really made it a point to uh, teach others to find authentic teachers. And he said that there are people that are out there that are, that, that are uh, just making a charade of what it means to be an authentic teacher. And I think sometimes it's, it can be challenging because if, you, if you're at a point where you really are seeking and somebody is presenting something to you, and let's say um, on a mental level, like you connect with a person, they, they seem to be engaging, challenging, or they're, they're, they're endearing. From your perspective, what are some of the ways that seekers 
can know that they are in the presence of an, of an authentic teacher, of a teacher who's going to put them on the right path, of a teacher who is not teaching for the sake of having an ego trip, but for the sake of trying to present a real reflection of light and love to others. Namaste. Again, a, a very important question. And the answer is that if one is at the ego level, one cannot really assess a being who is at a higher level accurately. Uh, and one can misjudge their behavior if it's based on conventional norms. Uh, and so it's a very subtle kind of, uh, of a process, but you will tend to be attracted to someone who is offering resolution to some of the issues that you're dealing with. The problem is this, we have to go through a number of different phases that require different kinds of teachers and guides. If we're still in the ego, we have to go through a psychological purification. And that will then take us to the soul level where we are able to open our minds to the archetypal level of wisdom that enables us to deconstruct and delete the ego and then be filled with that ultimate presence that unites the soul again in God and there is non-duality. At each level, you may need a different kind of teacher. You may need a therapist or someone to guide you out of psychological difficulties and, and not yet deal with the spiritual. Because if you're at too low a level, you will misunderstand spiritual teachings. If you're in duality, you can't really understand non-duality. And then the problem is the ego tends to imitate the words of another and parrot them back and think that they understand because they have the terms that the teacher is using or that are written in great books uh, by sages. And they will become parrots of the, uh, the doctrine of non-duality, Advaita Vedanta or Buddhism or Tantra or some other uh, field and they can think that they are already teachers and actually believe it, but in fact they know only the words and they haven't yet gotten to the essence and internalized that and made that real for themselves. So in part, it is important for each being to study enough on their own of psychology, of philosophy, even of theology, both Christian as well as Buddhist and uh, Vedic and Taoist, to have a real sense of what these levels uh, consist in and what can I expect in terms of experience when I reach those levels. And then I will be able to detect if someone is actually in that level where they are vibrating at such a space that one can feel the mystery and the light pouring out of them and there's no ego trip going on. But one has to oneself have a sense of what one is really looking for before one can perceive it in another. And one must have gone deep enough and, and high enough in one's own internal process to be able to resonate accurately with someone who is at an even higher state. And it's that resonance that will tell your heart that, yes, I can trust this being 
to guide me at least in this phase of the journey. The awesome answer, Shinamurti. And the final question we have is, okay, so the forces of evil, they plot and plan every single moment of every single day, it seems to harm people. They want to poison the sky, spring stuff in the sky, they want the fluoride in the water, they put all this terrible food out, they've got all these things that they're trying to do to make people feel bad. Well, let's counterbalance that. What are some things that you recommend that people do to help other people, to make other people feel good? You know, if the forces of darkness are doing whatever they can to, to tear people down, what are some of the ways that each of us can help raise people up, make them feel good? To, to answer that question properly, we have to first separate feeling good as an ego, which is usually going back into denial, from feeling good as a soul who has been liberated from the illusion. When you are liberated from the illusion, you will realize that we are in God right now. We have never left the mind of God. That's what the world is the expression of. It's a symbolic representation of a theodrama, a drama of souls who will at the end again realize God, become manifestations of God, and go through another round of growth and development through loss and the need to increase wisdom through the loss and through the suffering. So when you understand that the drama as a whole is perfect and that the world is a kind of a wisdom school for the actors in that drama, that are helping us to get to the point where we graduate from the need to go through this again and, uh, and that we can then join uh, back into God consciousness with no residue of karma that would bring us back into the world. So that's the way you ultimately feel good. But when you realize God as the reality that is now what is, not something that will be or that should be, then you realize that both the light and the dark are part of that perfection and that these forces of darkness are actually serving the light. They are bringing about a more rapid euthanasia of a dying world that is suffering that needs to be released as soon as possible with as little pain as possible. And so it won't look good to the world that these kinds of uh, poisonings and nuclear explosions and all the other things that will soon be happening uh, will happen, but they will very quickly and mercifully take people out of their bodies and be taken back into the light of God. So death is not a tragedy. Death is part of life, but there is no death. Once you have returned to God, you realize we are eternal and immortal. And it's only the death of a bodily vehicle. And all of us who are engaged in a process of this kind of quest are old souls who have had many different lifetimes with different bodies. And this is the least important in a way because it's the lowest level of consciousness we've reached, but it's also the most important and the most auspicious because this is the moment we rise again into the fullness of our consciousness. And once we understand the perfection of that and we accept everything, 
all our karma exactly as it must unfold without resistance, without defensiveness, but in total surrender, that's when we are given the grace of joy, of happiness, of unconditional love. And uh, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how horrible it might look uh, from uh, an external ego perspective, we recognize that we are given the protection of that unification with God consciousness that is lifting us out of the illusion of suffering and bringing us into the realization that we are the dreamer of this, not the characters in the dream. And so then what happens to those characters will no longer create suffering. And those characters then will disappear and a new embodiment will come of yourself if you're not done with going around this merry-go-round of time in a beautiful divine body of light. So the next stage is that we are going from human to angel. We are able to serve in a body of light even while the world is going through this transition and help people in a non-local way. So that's the goal. Open your body of light and learn to live in it. And soon the body of matter will no longer have any anchoring effect. You will no longer be earthbound, but you will serve that supreme intelligence and love from a higher dimension. Shinurate, want to thank you for that answer. And thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your wisdom and your light absolutely beautiful and it is an honor to learn from you and to walk with you in this life incarnation um i think we're ahead some wonderful times hopefully some peaceful times ahead but you can learn more about shina Murte by going to his website satyoga.com please sign up for some of the things that they have great newsletter also go to his youtube channel i think it's, it's satyoga.org satyoga.org yes we'll post the, the link on there Okay, thank you very much, Ryan, and I want you to know it's a great joy, and I wish you blessings because you are doing very important service on the planet at this time. So blessings to you for, for your own unfoldment of your divine nature. So much. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Satyoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the Members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Satyoga Institute. Namaste.